Hello everyone, welcome to The Daily Grind. My name is Kelly Johnson, your fun and friendly host. We're in episode 47 of season four, the very best one yet. What is up, The Daily Grinders? My name is Kelly, your host as always. We have a new segment, a new feature that we're doing on social and we want you to be a part of it. The Daily Grind, that's the name of our podcast. What does The Daily Grind mean to you? Our simple phrase, following a certain routine every morning to start your day or on a larger scale that shapes the outlook on your life. Submit yours on our direct link form, direct.me slash dailygrindpod. Or visit us on social at dailygrindpod and get featured. introduction short because we have a special guest on today's podcast I'd like to introduce you to chad cushing chad is the founder of cushing creations a current student at university of kansas and part of the ku athletic staff rock chocks so welcome to the show chad thank you thank you thank you i'm happy to be here yes we are excited to have you on the on the show today chad our listeners beyond excited to learn more about your story and what you do so we're gonna probably throw some sports puns at you throughout this episode. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you the ball. If you can briefly introduce yourself and what you do on your daily grind. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, well, as as you said, my name is Chad Cushing. I am a sophomore at the University of Kansas right now. Um, originally, I am from San Diego, California, uh, which is it's a little cold right here right now. I'm sure back home it's nice and sunny, which is great. Uh, but I am a photographer right now uh, who's majoring in sports journalism, um, so things I'm able to do on campus. Um, I was on the K Athletic staff, and now I'm taking photos for the University of Daily Kansas as of pretty recent, so I have a little bit of a, a role switch there, which has been fun. Um, and along with doing work with the Kansas, I also um, participate on um, our student-ran TV shows, uh, which air every single Friday um, in the journalism school. And I'm able to collaborate um, with my classmates, and we put together some pretty awesome shows for a bunch of 19-year-olds, uh, 19 and 20-year-olds. So we've been having a good time doing that. Um, and outside of, of photography and graphic design and and sports reporting, um, I am a big sports fan. Uh, I'm a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Sadly, uh, I guess last night watching the Chiefs win the Super Bowl was great because I am so beyond ecstatic that the Eagles lost. And sometimes, sometimes that brings me more joy than the Cowboys winning. Uh, but I love the Cowboys. I'm also an Angels fan. That's my back home team, uh, Anaheim Angels. Um, so I love baseball. Um, and it's just just happy to be here. Yes. we. Oh, wow. You gave us a ton of teasers so far. Uh, I always give us credit on the show. We have guests at the perfect time. So kudos to you and your new role. I'm excited to, again, like, you know, unpack your, your duffel bag here and, you know, throw us, uh, get us on, on court, literally, or on the field or uh, whatever sports uh, game that we're playing and participating in. 
excited to maybe like the first question would be like, you know, how did you become interested in like that mix of like sports, you know, uh, photography, uh, journalism? Yeah. Tell us more. So it was something that I mean, I've, I've been an athlete my whole entire life and, and playing sports has always been something that um, has been a part of my day to day and my family's life. And a part of that being a part of my family's life is my mom. My mom is an avid scrapbooker and photographer, so my whole entire life, from from birth to, to wherever I'm at now, has been has been documented in photographic form. Uh, so that's kind of my inspiration for what I've wanted to do. Uh, has been my mom. She's kind of my my creative my creative uh, co partner. Everything you see on my social media probably has a little bit of influence from mom. Uh, so that's why I started started to get into photography. Um, once I started to get to high school, started to take photos. Um, of things going on in school, just, you know, sporting events and stuff going on. Um, and I started to get uh, really deep into it. And it was this great passion. And it was starting to mix um, with a, a passion for graphic design, which is something that I've, I've stuck out throughout um, going up to this point as well. Um, because as a kid, as a baseball fan, I collect baseball cards. And I have a, a very extensive collection. And the two most important things about baseball cards are the picture that's on the front and the graphic design that's all about it. So me wanting to, you know, do my own arts and crafts and and make things with my hands. Everything I do is hands-on, and that's the thing about photography that's been great is that it's a very, um, obviously you have to click the shutter with your hand, but it, it's a hands-on experience and that you have to position yourself and, and do all the tangible aspects, which is what we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but that kind of inspiration from, my mom taking photos and being an athlete is kind of blended into this, this sports photography passion and sports uh, creative, I would say, as a whole entire umbrella recently. Yeah, that's great. Um, really, yeah, we're all sports driven on, on the podcast. Again, yeah, excited to, to learn more. And you kind of give us, you know, BTS, you know, behind the scenes on what goes on and, and capturing some of these shots. Uh, would you say it's like also this this whole area, this design photo space in general, like, sports sports uh photography like both exciting but challenging also as well yeah i would definitely say so i think that the most obviously it's exciting because it's sport and it's it's human emotion and the the energy the players are giving and just sports as general as entertainment but i see sports photography as more challenging in that when you're on the field, it's unpredictable. You don't quite know what's going to happen at all times. And that's what's able to separate the good sports photographers from the great sports photographers is how do you react when you're on the wrong side of the field when the best play of the game happens? You know, when that signature, that, that Kodak moment happens where the cover of the paper, the the, the thumbnail for whatever it may be, is it, it doesn't come to you. And that's part of sports is that there's a big field. There's a lot of things that happen. And sometimes you don't get the best shots in that moment. But the thing that I've been focusing on recently has been making the most of just being at a sporting event, not necessarily worrying too much about uh, what shots come my way and how the game's going. Maybe your favorite team isn't playing well. Maybe the player you're, covering, you're supposed to be covering isn't doing well has been making the most of the environment and embracing the crowd and embracing the fans. And that's, you know, part about being at KU. That's the best part about taking games now in Fieldhouse is that those fans, I could I could show up and never look at the court and I would still get amazing photos because these people are so passionate. They love the game. And that's that's what I love about sports photography is getting is getting the people that 
that make the game happen and, and make it more exciting. You know, we, we look back to the pandemic and, and having to watch sporting events with no one in the stands, and it's weird. It feels like you're watching like a practice. Mm-hmm. And now having everything back and being able to enjoy that both as a fan and a photographer um, has just been an absolute delight. Um, and that's something I try and, and focus on is, is outside of the action, what's making this the sporting event special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said, Chad. And even touched on too, like from your background or um, in the intro as well, like uh, you taking photos, like even from the high school uh, era to now, like the college um, scene, like the the atmosphere, like environments, you see like differences. Or we were even talking off air in terms of like you traveling to capture moments as well. Do you like do you see different vibes or things that like very similar? Everything's very similar to a sense, but like or completely different. Like, oh, totally. I mean, that's part of the uh, strictly just photography composition. You have your subject, which would be the athlete, and then you have your surroundings, your setting, and that's that's what's awesome, I think, about um, sports that are played outdoors is when you're playing um, and you have the introduction of elements going on and what the light's looking like and uh, this unique stadium setups. You know, I think back to baseball and I think of how each field has its own unique characteristics that make it, uh, that make it special, and each fans have their own, just as KU fans are, are loud and passionate, there's other fan bases who are maybe more quiet or maybe have a younger fan base or older fan base or they have a unique chant or they have uh, where they all wear the same thing. Every single sporting team and fandom um, offers opportunity outside of the conventional, you know, 94 feet in the basketball court, 90 feet on the bases, 100 yards in the football field. Outside of that, that's where those, those really fun photographs can be made is when you, you blend the sport itself and you blend the, the, the setting that is, that's taking place in. Mm-hmm. That's the best of both worlds. Uh, yeah, so even speaking, just going uh, full, I mean, full frame into this, like, how do you get, like, the split-second timing, like, that creative vision, the ability to capture the motion, the action, so, like, all these pinnacles, factors, like, of the game into, a, like, one single, like, one image, yeah. The best skill to have as a photographer, in my opinion, is being, best friends with your camera you got to know your camera like the back of your hand and because it's your it's your tool it's your vessel it's the only thing that's standing in between you and making something magical happen on a creative aspect and if you are able to know the settings of your camera know the way your camera reacts to a certain scenario know your gear know it to where it feels like you're not even holding a camera it feels like you're just looking through a mirror and your fingers hit the shutter. And that's, that's to me, is the best feel you can have. Because whenever I'm at a game, if I'm looking for a, a certain desirable effect, I know that the settings I need to do to make that happen. And, and when you put yourself in the best situation settings-wise, the, the photos and the composition and the action kind of they come flowing after. So if there's a certain skill I would say to point out is just being, being BFFs with your camera because it's the only thing that's with you all the time. Yeah, really well said. Yeah, have that relationship. Uh, I'd say like a uh, weapon of choice, depending on what the sport you play. Or, um, But also uh, maybe to rewind for a little bit, uh, your photography background, like self-taught, learn, continuously learn. Like how um, how'd you bring yourself to where you are today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, is something that I have have taught myself for the most part. And a lot of it um, is I just borrowing, you know, cameras from friends and, and, and family and, and starting to try it out 
and then eventually getting my first camera for myself, I, you know, you obviously consult YouTube for a little bit, you know, how do I turn it on? How do I get this setting fixed? Um, but after that, it is a learning experience because you're, you're just in, as in your relationship with a significant other, you have your camera and that's your, that's your relationship. And you got to learn what works and what doesn't work and how you can continue to make it happen. Um, and that's something that as I've gotten older, um, has been something that's, I've taught myself, um, obviously being at school right now, um, there's classes that I'm able to learn more from people who have been doing it for a much longer time than I have. And that's something that I try and never lose sight of is I keep reminding myself like, dude, you're 19 years old. You know, you know, you, you maybe want to go super fast right now, but there's a lot and a lot of things that I've yet to learn, especially in the photography field. Um, and I, I just try and be this sponge that just soaks up all this information of the photography world. And that's, what's great about being in school is that I'm surrounded by people every single day who, do this for a living and who have wisdom to share. Um, and that's been great. I would also say something that has been kind of the signature element of my work has been my work in post-production. Um, when I'm in women in editing softwares like Lightroom and Photoshop with Adobe, um, that is something that I've entirely taught myself. And that's something that has kind of helped me separate myself from the pack, you know, cause you can take a photo and it can be great right out of the camera. But if you're able to, to edit the color and edit the, the contrast and, and the way the photo feels that makes it feel like something that isn't just flat right out the camera, it has dimension, it has elements of, of color and, and everything else, that's been something that um, teaching myself has helped me. It's kind of been like this, this, this uh, launching pad for me to, to, to get better exponentially as a photographer. It's been self-teaching myself these editing softwares, which are very, very complicated. I'm sure that... You know, if I were to, to, to show it to a pro, they'd be like, what the heck are you doing? That's the great thing about it, though, is that every person has their own workflow. I might do something that someone else is like, oh, my gosh, I've never even touched that, touched that feature before. And every single photographer and creative has their own, has their own flair, has their own signature look. Um, and that's been something I'd love to create for myself is that signature look. Mm-hmm. Oh, really well said, Chad. Again, we're shining light in this area and then also just understanding what goes behind the scenes. Um, talking about the, the skill set or um, to be successful, you know, in the shoes of a sports photographer like yourself, uh, you mentioned, you know, continuing to learn, just being like uh, open to learn or open to feedback. Do you recommend other, like, how do you stay balanced or organized? Like, what are other skills that would be good for our daily grinders out there that maybe are up and coming that are looking to, to you know, tap into this area or even elevate their game uh, being in the space for a bit? Yeah. I think the most important thing and everything I, everyone, this is something I tell all new photographers whenever they come up to me is that I would not worry about your gear. The gear is one of the most overplayed aspects of this profession. Obviously, you know, you look at the biggest games and you, you see all the photographers with the gigantic, you know, telescope lenses on the sideline and everyone has the same exact camera and everyone has the same exact lens and it's all cost $20,000 and it's just un. It's unattainable for an entry-level photographer, and a lot of times people can get caught up in thinking, I need to have a certain type of camera to make certain things happen. I used a camera up until I got to school that was, you know, considered an entry-level camera, and I was using this entry-level camera to make some pretty, um, I would like to say, awesome photographs happen, especially in the sports sense. You know, sports sense is where things are happening fast, people are moving fast, your camera needs to think quick, um, and... My, my, my words of wisdom would to be worry less about the camera equipment and worry more about um, how you're composing your photographs 
and how you're starting to build relationships with other people in the field. This is a field that I have noticed has a a really strong like support system of other photographers, and that's something that you know me growing up on social media has just been a, a blessing. I don't even know how people before social media were able to connect on this kind of level. You know, I have people who I've never even met face to face that are. I'm asking for feedback on a day-to-day basis, and I'm able to, to talk to, to industry professionals. I'm able to talk to industry entry-level uh, photographers, and I'm able to gather these resources from all over, uh, not just the United States, all over the world, and it's on just on my fingertips. So that kind of that kind of connection with other photographers is just another awesome aspect about being in this space that we're in right now. Yeah, like we didn't tell them to say this on the show, but networking, we preach that a lot of that on the podcast as well building those relationships and sustaining them too, uh, being a resource, uh, both sides of the equation. Um, I guess both sides of the court, you could say. Uh, but speaking of, you know, finding that perfect shot, can you share a time? I mean, like, there's probably, like, you could probably talk for days, but we only have one episode today. Uh, can you share a time when you've had to be a creative in order or to get the perfect shot? Yeah. Yeah, so this was uh, something I was thinking about. There was a lot of stories you're right. Yeah. I, could talk, I could talk for too long. Uh, but if I had to pick out one, uh, it would have been this summer. I was taking photos um, at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game for Octagon Baseball, a sports agency. Mm-hmm. And I was um, following a, with a group of around six or seven agents that were meeting at the um, stadium for media day. And it was media day at Dodger Stadium. They have all the players out in the center field area. Each of them has their own little like pedestal and a little tent over them. And it's literally like two hours of like whatever media is there, print, uh, video, news, photo, everyone just walks around and asks questions and takes photos the whole entire time. So I'm with these agents, these Octagon Baseball agents, and we get up to the gate to get in, and I say, you know, I'm Chad Cushing, I'm here taking photos for Octagon, you know, can I please come in? And they said, okay, let me check the list. And they checked the list once, and my name wasn't on there, and I said, can you please check again? Check the list twice, name was not on there. So... I did not have a credential for this event. That was unbeknownst to me upon arrival for media day. Um, obviously, pretty hard to take photos if you can't get in. So, uh, me as a, a, a lifelong baseball fan, my dad and I have this, uh, I don't want to incriminate myself on air, but we have a, a, uh, a ability to get into places that other people would say are, the doors are closed. The doors are closed, but we find our way in. So my dad and I have been playing on baseball fields and, and going into sporting arenas uh, ever since I was a little kid, hopping fences, trying doors. So that's that's kind of my deal. That's the Cushing, the Cushing way. So I said, okay, I'm here at Dodger Stadium. I need to find a way to get into Dodger Stadium. I start walking around. Uh, I don't know if you've been to Dodger Stadium, but it's on this big hill. Uh, I, I, it's 100 degrees outside. It's the middle of July in Los Angeles. I'm sweating. I'm nasty. It's gross. And I'm trying every single door. I'm trying every single gate, every single entrance I get into, and everything is closed. And I thought, I was like, there's no chance. Like, this is terrible. I'm going to be stuck here. I'm landlocked. I can't go anywhere. Um, And as I'm making my final turn to make my whole entire trip around the whole entire stadium, I see an open gate. And I walk up to the open gate. And above the open gate, I see that it says food services. And I said, you know what? We're going to try it out. I walk into the food services gate. To my right, I see about a thousand Dodger Stadium employees, kind of like getting ready for their shift, because this was the day before the um, home run derby. And I see them to the right, and I said, "I'm going to go to the left, and I'm going to hope there is a staircase somewhere to lead me to salvation." 
I find the staircase at the bottom of the staircase. I am at center field at Dodger Stadium, and I walk right out, and I kind of just blend in with the crowd, and no one says a word, and I make contact with the first agent, and I'm like, hey, I made it in. And they're like, how in the world did you make it in here? And I said, don't ask questions. Just let me start taking photos. And I got to work, and I started taking photos, and I got some amazing shots to make it happen. Uh, So, yeah, that's a story of, you know, maybe not necessarily like, uh, when I'm on the court, making a creative decision in a split second, but a just find a way to get in. Because once you get in, the the photos you make are gonna they're gonna fall into place. Everything's gonna start to tumble. And you know, before I knew it, I've got Mike Trout to my right and Julio Rodriguez to my left, and and all these players just in this area. And it was like a I was like a candy candy store. I was like, I made it. I found my way in. I'm covered in sweat. My shirt's a different. It's like two shades darker than when I first showed up. Uh, but I was there. And I got the photos and I made it happen. So, make yeah, making it happen on today's episode, uh, quite quite the home run there, even prior to the home run derby. Uh, but yeah, you uh, had that perseverance. You powered through. Uh, at the end of the day, you made it happen and uh, captured the moments, uh, exciting stuff that us, the fan consumer base here, uh, loves to 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 thrive on and uh, get excited about the hype, the energy. Uh, speaking of all the hype, energy, motivation, like. Uh, Again, for me, uh, this would be tough, but, like, do you have a favorite shot you've taken or do you have, like, a top ten or something that's recent or, yeah, tell us. Certainly. So I have, if I could pick out three, if you can let me get three, Mm -hmm. I can talk about three. My first shot that's one of my favorites um, I took last summer uh, was at the gym uh, in Irvine with Jordan Wally, who's been uh, been his personal photographer uh, ever since the summer of 2020, and that's a great spot where I've had some great experiences. He's a very energetic person, and it's a great work environment to be in. Um, it's just somewhere he, where he's been like, hey, dude, I got these players come in today, and we're going to work out with them. If you'd like to come take photos, you're more than welcome to. And that's just him opening well, open arms to let me in and take photos there was something that's helped my, my career out a lot. One of the photos I took there uh, was uh, Haley Van Litt, who's a women's basketball player at the University of Louisville. Um, she's an absolute stud. She's a killer on the social media scene, great on the court, too. I took this photo where I utilized one of my favorite techniques, uh, which is a slow shutter. Um, so I'm opening up my shutter to let more movement come in. You know, something you usually would say is counterintuitive for sports photography because you want to freeze the moment historically. Um, but me slowing my shutter down kind of allows for more movement and, and more creativity. And I have this shot of her taking a free throw where we can see her whole entire body moving and, and flowing, but there's only one part of the shot that's in focus because that's the only thing that stayed still the whole entire time that the shutter was open, and that was her eye. So I have this shot where it's just her eye in focus, and everything else, like her getting into her shot, is all blurry. Um, and the second I took that, I asked J-Log to pause the workout, and I said, Haley, come over here. I need to show you this photo I just got. And I was like, this is awesome. And she was like, no way. Like, that's a great – There's how did you do that? And I was like, if I'm being honest with you, a lot of it's luck. A lot of it's luck. I can put the settings right, and some things happen, and some things fall into place, and I was lucky on that one. So that's one of my favorites from a very creative standpoint. Um, From an energy standpoint, at the KU versus Mizzou game last season, um, I had this photo of Mitch Lightfoot running um, into the tunnel at halftime, and he jumps up, and he's hitting the, the little board above. And if I could... If, of all my photos, if I could have a video of, of like my eyes for 10 seconds, like before and after I took that photo, I would want to have that video because that place was going 
nuts because it was the first time that KU had played Mizzou um, since the last time we played them, that electric game in Allen Fieldhouse, so it ended on the last second um, in overtime. And these fans were just letting Mizzou have it the whole entire day. And it was kids were lining up outside for three hours before tip-off. They'd been camping the whole entire week. And it was just this amazing atmosphere. And throughout the photo, you could just see kids screaming so hard, their faces are turning purple, and they're waving their towels. And, and Mitch Lightfoot, you know, one of the fan favorite players, I'd say, uh, kind of embracing the crowd in that moment. And it's this really wide shot. You can see all the, the 16,000 fans. So from a moment standpoint, I'd say it's one of those. Um, and then from a, from a fun photo standpoint, I took a photo this summer. Um, on a family road trip, me and my family, uh, we like to travel to ballparks across America uh, in the summertime. So we were at uh, Cincinnati. We were at Great American Ballpark watching a Reds game, um, and it was a really nasty, hot, humid day. And I was kind of just walking around the upper concourse with my camera, seeing what was going on, and I saw this little kid um, in front of the uh, the big old fans that spray the mist out. Um, and this fan was like two times bigger than this kid. But he goes up to the fan, and he, um, he sticks his tongue out in front of the, the fan, and it's just absolutely hysterical picture of, like, all this mist being sprayed on him. And he's just trying to stay cool with his tongue out. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, that's that's me. I, I was that kid. I was a kid who just loved being at the ballpark all the time and, and loved surrounding myself with sport. And now, like, a full circle moment where I'm able to, to capture the kid I was when I was younger, having fun. But I'm having fun still. It's just through a different a different kind of fun instead of being a fan of a photographer and that's something that's been really fun for me yeah that's great oh my gosh exciting great visuals for our listeners tuning today's episode uh capturing the moments and like literally uh you're uh giving us like another lens view in a sense uh on the daily grind here exciting stuff I, i'm like all, i'm like all pumped up. i'm all hyped to go to like hopefully there's a game tonight you know uh <laughs> Speaking, yeah, speaking of uh, games, uh, basketball in particular, um, I mean, when this episode airs, we're, we're talking around the, the heart of March Madness, literally. Um, and as we all know, uh, on this show, or even outside the show, Kansas Jayhawks, you know, rock chalk. Um, so how are you preparing for the su- suspected great run that our, our Jayhawks are supposed to make this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's been something, you know, Everything that's been happening in the Lawrence community after the Jayhawks won the national championship in April of, of 2022, it's just felt like every day has been the day after we won. You know, everyone is excited. Everyone is so, so enthusiastic and, and loving the team. And I think, you know, there's never been a better time to be a Jayhawk. And for me to be so fortunate to experience these things in the short time I've been in school, um, has been a blessing, an absolute blessing. Um, and this year, my goal as a fan is to temper my expectations because I understand, you know, everyone wants to repeat. Of course we do. But it's a very hard thing to do, and I'm trying to not get too caught up in it because I'm just – I'm happy being a fan, and I'm happy cheering them on. And hopefully by the time this airs, I wouldn't be have stormed Mass Street for a second time and, and cheering out with my friends and having a great time. Uh, but as a photographer – I'm preparing by um, getting myself in a position to shoot the Big 12 tournament, uh, which is something I shot last year. It was kind of the, you know, entering the Big 12 tournament. There were a lot of question marks on KU's team. We had we lost a couple big games from the end of the tournament, uh, or towards the end of the regular season, and a lot of we were questioning if Ochai was going to play as well, if, if David McCormick was going to step up, and that kind of Big 12 tournament play where we ended up winning the tournament was this. It was the it was the start of it all. It was the start of the rally. We never lost a game after that. 
Um, and so being able to photograph that last year, that's something I want to do this year too. Cause I look back at those photos now and I'm like, Oh my gosh, little did I know, little did I know that a month later we were going to be winning the whole thing. Um, so as a fan, I'm tempering my expectations as a photographer, I'm doing everything I can to get to the big 12 tournament because I think this year, you know, obviously KU fans packed that, that T-Bubble center in Kansas city all the time, but this year it'll be extra loud. And I think everyone's going to be really excited to, to cheer on because a lot of people, you know, aren't able to make it out to Allen Fieldhouse for a game. You know, it's a tough ticket. Every single game is sold out and it's, it's kind of hard to get there. So having the big 12 tournament there is opening the Jayhawks to a whole new area of fans that are able to travel in and fly into, fly into KCI and watch their favorite team play. So I'm really excited for that. That's my, my goal right now is to, is a big 12 tournament. Excited. We're excited for you on the podcast, uh, virtually cheering you uh, as we send the pod, uh, keep up the grind. Uh, speaking of, you mentioned like your work with the media, the photographers, uh, people on the, the flip side, you know, uh, capturing these biggest moments. Like how's it feel also, you, you tease it with your favorite shots as well. Um, you know, working with the, uh, the highly regarded athletes like that, that side. Um, so capturing them in scene, but also uh, working with them or even sports fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been something, you know, since coming to school, when, when you're not at school and you're not around these, these players every day, you can kind of treat them as celebrities in their way. And, and a lot of people think they're larger than life. Uh, once you come to school, you realize, hey, I've got class with this guy. And he's got to take the same test I've got to take, you know, and he's got to, he's got to do the same. He's a student first. The keyword is student athletes, student first. And it's been really fun for me to make friendships with a lot of these players outside of a sport aspect. You know, I'm friends with people um, when I see them throughout the town, when, when we're interacting with the community. Um, one of the players I've become best friends with um, has been Dylan Wilhite. He's a sophomore as well. And he's from San Diego too. So I've been taking photos of him since he was, since he was uh, in high school, um, and now to be able to, to be on this stage with him at the same spot, you know, each doing her own thing, me taking photos, he, he playing for the team uh, has been has been really fun. So, you know, if anything I can take away from the Lawrence community and taking photos of Kansas Athletics is that there's only one Jayhawk in the world, and I think everyone at KU has that mindset. We're one of a kind. We're one of a kind fan base. And we're a one-of-a-kind student body who's so passionate and loves their team and loves supporting everyone that's around the team. You know, I have, I have people that come up to me on a day-to-day basis and like, oh, hey, man, I follow you on Instagram. Like, your photos are so great. I saw you on the court. Like, hey, next time I'm at a game, can you take a photo of, of me and my friends? And I'm like, of course, man. Like, those kind of interactions, those that make me feel, you know, like the the people I'm taking photos of are are fans just as I am and they, and they want to they be a part of it all um, and so that aspect of being friends with the people I take photos of is a whole lot of fun because you're able to bring out a whole new side of your subject in comparison to a strictly you know photographer subject relationship where some things might feel forced and they might feel unnatural creating those friendships and getting familiar with those people um, outside of their their line of work um, has been a great opportunity, and I think that's benefited me creatively is having those kind of relationships with the people I take photos of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said, Chad. Uh, just, again, relationship building, but also embracing, uh, you know, living in the moment in a sense, but also elevating that, um, performing at your best, 
Uh, and it goes to show having, you know, the key skill set, the key skills that you mentioned earlier on the interview and also being open to continuously learn and, and improve upon, uh, which is great. And yeah, just speaking from like the sports perspective or the sports hat on, um, do you have, again, the top 10 list? That's crazy. But uh, biggest accomplishment you've had to date so far? Mm-hmm. Um, there's been two things I think of recently. Um, I was recently selected uh, for a Hearst Journalism Award, uh, which is something that's uh, for student photographers around the United States and the United Kingdom uh, submit photos. I think it's a photo portfolio of news and, and, and feature photography. Um, and out of 119 applicants, I was, I placed seventh, um, which is fantastic. And I was, I was very excited about that because it was the first, um, the first award or first scholarship I'd ever applied to. Um, I was one place out of getting some money. So it's new aspiration for the future is to get six and a better so I can get some money to help me out by tuition. Um, but getting that award was fantastic and it, it was great to, to look at the list and, you know, you see all these other schools across the country, you know, Michigan State, UCLA, Indiana, all these big schools. And then, you know, you see Chad Cushing, University of Kansas. It's like, heck yeah, you know, I want to represent the Jayhawks any way I can. These guys can go win a national championship. But, you know, I got seventh place in the Hearst Journalism Awards. So uh, that was really fun. And that was that was something I was really stoked about. And it was, it gave me a lot of, of um it gave me a lot of energy to keep on doing what I'm doing because I looked at everyone else and I saw that a lot of them were upperclassmen, the people that placed above me, you know, they were juniors and seniors and I'm looking at my portfolio as a sophomore and I'm like, okay, you know, if I'm, if I'm an opportunity to get seventh place as a sophomore, I want to see what I'm capable of in the future. And that, that motivates me. That that keeps me moving. And, and I want to see my name at number one on that list, just as I'm sure everybody else does. And that's great as it's a competitive field, but and the same aspect, you know, these photographers that I didn't know existed until this award ceremony or uh, whatever I got to see everyone's name, uh, they're reaching out to me on social media. You know, they're starting to follow me and I'm starting to build this this networking base that we talked about to expand it to even more people that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to see their work if not for the Hearst Journalism Award. Um, another thing I think about more of a personal personal goal, I'd say, or accomplishment um, I recently made my first ever photo book, um, which was really fun. Uh, it was for Christmas. I wanted to make it for a lot of my friends and family. Um, and I, it was a project I had made over the summer uh, on that same road trip where I took the photo of the kid with his tongue out in front of the, the, the fan. That was one of the photos that was featured. It was a, a book I made uh, kind of chronicling my journey across the, the Midwestern United States. I went from uh, Cleveland to Pittsburgh to Cincinnati and then to Minnesota. So I hit those four ballparks. And at each ballpark, I was taking photos while I was hanging out with my, my family, uh, my mom, my dad, and my little sister. Um, and it was something where I was like, you know, the sport of baseball that I love, and I would say everyone else loves. Um, it's a sport where everyone from all walks of life can gather together and enjoy a ball game. You know, you can sit next to somebody who you had never met in your entire life, but if you have the same logo on your hat, you know, your best friends for the whole entire night. You can sit down, you can have a dog and a beer, and you can you can talk about the game and cheer on your team and, and the seventh inning stretch and the fireworks. It's just a really, really fun atmosphere um, in in this uh, the summertime to be a part of. And that was fun to make my first book. Um, and a lot of the inspiration for my book um, is my, my girlfriend now. When I was taking photos during the summer, I was sending her these photos 
And uh, she was like, you know, it'd be great is if you made these into a book. And I was like, oh, I like your idea. Do I have to give you like credit or anything? Do I have to give you copyright? And she laughed and she laughed and she laughed. So uh, ever since taking those photos, I kind of kept it like in the back of my head. Like I wanted to do this. I want to make it happen. Um, and then finally being able to sit down and, and put all these photos together and, you know, pick my favorites and pick and choose when I want each photo to show up, what order I want them to be in. Do I want this to be a color or black and white? All these creative liberties that I get to choose from when you're making your own book is so much fun. And then seeing the final product and opening it up and just, it, it, it's completely different when you look at a photo and it's in your hands in comparison to looking at it on your phone. I think that you slow down a lot. You're like, I don't need to scroll to the next photo. I don't need to refresh my page and keep on getting new information. This is permanent. This book feels permanent. This photo feels tangible. I can touch it. I can look at it. I can I can look all across it. And you, you start to notice details that you would have never noticed if not imprinted. You know, it brings out to life having color on paper. So that was a that was a personal accomplishment of mine recently. Oh, those are great, Chad. Thanks for sharing again, uh, like giving us a visual, but also from the audio perspective. Like, I bet our listeners tuning to today's episode are like on the go, ready to grind. Uh, yeah, we we'll give the shout out to your girlfriend. Uh, give her the cred <laughs> on on uh, on air go. today. So there you go. Check that one off. Oh, that's so cool. Is that a goal of yours to go to like all the ballparks and everything? How, how many have you crossed out so far? Do you have it? Yeah, so Number this time? one, uh, this summertime, we hit four, and that put me from 17 to 21. So I'm at 21 of 30, uh, which is pretty cool. And it's been really fun, too, because, you know, my, my 12-year-old uh, sister has been going on these trips, too, and she's got 17 out of 30 at age 12. And I'm like, holy cow, you got some good you got some good spots. Mm-hmm. Um, some ones I'm still really looking forward to. Um, we need to go to uh, the South. We need to go to Atlanta. We need to go to Miami, um, and then I need to go to um, the Mets. I need to go to the Diamondbacks, Mariners. So there's a couple sprawling ones, and then uh, obviously the last one is probably going to be Toronto. That'll probably be the last spot. Um, but yeah, I love it. Each ballpark is fun and colorful and unique, and the city that it's in is entirely different. Um, if I had to pick two for the listeners, my two favorites. Um, I'd pick Wrigley and Fenway, the two oldest ballparks, the Red Sox and the Cubs, because I just love, I'm a sucker for baseball history. I just love it so much. And, and those ballparks, you know, you might be scrunched in really tight. You might not be able to use a restroom because it's so old and nasty, but you're there to watch a ball game, and that's the most important part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, enjoying the game, uh, enjoying the atmosphere of the community uh, surrounding. Oh, that's really great to hear. You kind of teed me up for my next question as well, just uh, talk about your motivation. Uh, like what, what fuels your daily grind? Like, is it external factors, internal factors, mix of both? Yeah, I'd say that something that fuels my daily grind is not just making photos that other people enjoy and get to experience, but making photos that I enjoy. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's the most important part. That's why I keep on doing what I do. That's why I have this, this, these, these big dreams to take photos at, at major sporting events and to be at, at new breaking news is because it makes me happy. I get that joy from it. And that was something that when I was making this photo book, I was like, these are photos that I'm proud of. I'm proud that I took this photo. I'm proud that my work up to this point has put me in a situation to make this photo. I'm, I'm grateful for my family for, for being able to go on that road trip and take these photos. I'm grateful for the financial support. I'm grateful for the emotional support I've been given. Um, and being able to have photos that I want to hang in my house one day, you know, photos that I'm happy with. Um, that's what motivates me because if I can find enjoyment taking photos for myself, then at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important. 
Really well said. True Daily Grinder. We didn't, again, we didn't say Chad to say this on today's episode, but really speaking, speaking on behalf of the pod here in terms of uh, doing something you're passionate about and you enjoy, uh, it, it takes you places, literally. Um, but yeah, speaking of the pod, uh, the Daily Grind, that's the name of it. Chad, what does the Daily Grind mean to you? To me, the Daily Grind as a photographer for me is trying to find uh, romantic and creative elements of my day-to-day life. Trying to look at things artistically all the time. Having, like, rose-colored glasses in a way. Um, I look, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, Almost Famous. And there's a character in that movie by the name of Penny Lane. And she is this creative muse for everybody around her. And she makes all this art and, 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 and everything seems so colorful and so lively and so energetic. And that's what as a photographer, I strive for. I strive to surround myself with people um, who make me feel creative, who make me feel um, like what I'm doing is valuable. You know, obviously, uh, medicine, law, uh, all these noble pursuits everyone else has, great goals. The things that make people live in their day-to-day life is art. It's art, it's photographs, it's poetry, it's film. It's all these things that, you know, they bring this, 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 the, the energy to life that all of us strive for and kind of a, we can escape from whatever our, our hard work is, whatever our, our really tough parts of our daily grind are, and we can enjoy it more from a, from a creative and artistic standpoint. So to me, the daily grind is looking, looking through life with rose colored glasses. Yeah, really well said. I like it. Macho of the week uh, gives us a new perspective, unique perspective too. Uh, coming from uh, University of Kansas, repping, repping us, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, in closing here, Chad, we, we talk about your daily schedule. You have quite the grind going on, literally, on campus and off campus uh, in your respective sports moments here. Uh, what's on your daily grind later this year, you know, later in uh, 2023? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping uh, after the Big 12 tournament, I'm going to be making a trip to spring training in Arizona, uh, and I'm very grateful. One of my best friends from back home, uh, has been taking photos out there for a little bit, and he got me credentials to take photos at spring training, uh, which is great because I see it as an opportunity where I'm going to be surrounded by a whole new group of people that I haven't met before. And to me, that's that's exciting. That's enticing. That makes me hungry to, to make new friends, but also like put myself in a position where maybe this summer that, that me taking photos of spring training is going to present an opportunity take photos uh, for maybe a major league baseball team or a certain player or a certain agency um, to where these things kind of fall like dominoes one after another. Um, and a lot of uh, the photography world in getting opportunities to shoot uh, is timeliness. And this is a great time, you know, right before baseball season starts, everyone's still looking for opportunities. I'm really excited for spring training. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm excited to just be around baseball all the time because I'm a baseball guy and, and I'm excited for what's, what's ahead there. Um, so hopefully that coming up soon is going to give me an opportunity in the summertime to take some work. Um, and then next year, or I guess it will still be this year, but coming back to school after summer, I'm going to be a junior, uh, which is a big year. I'll be an upperclassman. Oh, goodness. I didn't realize that until I just said it. Um, but my goal is to have a pretty substantial role with the cans and the newspaper. Two people right now um, that are ahead of me um, are seniors, and they're fantastic, and I love working with them, and they're great. Um, but obviously, once they graduate, those are going to present an opportunity for someone to step in and be that that lead photo editor for the Kansan. And that's something that I look at right now as a great goal to have because 
I'm, I'm dabbling in all different kinds of photojournalism. I have experience with an athletic department, you know, taking pro photos promotionally. Um, I have experience taking photos for uh, individual players and individual trainers. I have experience taking photos for agencies. So I'm kind of hitting all these different spots. And one of the spots that I'm really excited to, to touch upon is the news aspect, you know, the print, the news media, because something to me about photojournalism that's great is that um, you don't have to make your subjects look the best all the time. When you're taking photos promotionally, obviously the goal is to put your subject in the best light. Photojournalistically, you know, it's whatever happens, happens. You're documenting history, and that's, that's one of my favorite parts about taking photos for the Kansan is that I feel that I have this role to give the viewer the most accurate representation of what was happening at whatever event I'm taking photos at. And, and that's something where I'm kind of checking off these boxes all over the realm of, of photography um, to be a photo editor for the school newspaper, to have my name on that, to at the, at the basketball games, to have the kids hold up the newspapers that have my photo on it. That would be really cool. So that's what's on my, those are my future goals for my, my daily grind this year. Yeah, exciting stuff. The, the best is yet to come. Uh, excited for you and your future, Chad. And what you're doing out there, you're, you're making a difference out here in the world. Uh, in, in, in general, too, like we didn't touch too much on, on the interview, but um, your, your work at the Kansas, because that's literally exciting, like hot off the press in terms of <laughs> going in with our, our media uh, newspaper perspective. Do you want to touch a little bit on uh, your, your current work or now what you do as well through the, like the TV, TV show aspect? Certainly. Yeah. Um, it's been something um, where I was, I've been working as an intern with the athletic department for a while. Um, and I kind of felt like I had got everything out of it that I wanted. I had had all the experiences I wanted. I wasn't really learning anything new. And I was given an ultimatum from the athletic department to where I could either continue to work with them or I had to choose between that and the journalism route because obviously the newspaper and the TV shows kind of work hand in hand. They're both in the journalism school and they have a different point of view. They have a different angle. And I completely get it. And for my goals and for my future, I decided that journalism is what I wanted to do. It's what I came to school for. I wanted to get a degree. I want to have that piece of paper, but I also want to have some great experiences along the way. And so staying true to my journalistic roots and choosing to shoot for the Kansan and choosing to be a part of our TV shows, um, it, it was a, it was a really valuable decision for me. It was, a, it was as my, my dad would say, it was a big boy decision. You had to make a big boy decision for yourself, you know, growing up. And I decided that that was best for me and I'm, I'm beyond happy with my decision. And I'm glad that I get to work with my friends with something that's great, uh, not just colleagues, but their friends. I see them out and about. We're in class together. We're, we're doing all these fun things at, at school together. Um, and then at the end of the day, we're able to put, come together and make some pretty awesome, some pretty awesome news. Uh, and I'm excited to see where all of my friends can, can get opportunities in the future. If I'm going to be able to work with somebody in the future, you know, if I'm going to be on the same field as somebody one day taking photos, we'll be like, hey, we all started at the same spot. And to me, that's pretty valuable. Oh, really well said. Again, shining light for our young daily grinders as well. Um, uh, as you as an up-and-coming upperclassman, soon-to-be, uh, time is just flying. Um, but also having that multi-skill set and uh, sharing your success on today's episode as a whole. Uh, super kudos to you and what you've done so far with your career. Uh, motivation. Uh, Chad's story, very inspiring. Do you have a word of the day to motivate our listeners out there? Quote, saying, mantra... I have another uh, quote, one of my favorite quotes from the same movie, Almost Famous. Uh, the character Penny Lane says, it's all happening. And I think that that's a great 
it's a great thing to say is it's all happening. There's something happening all around you at all times. I am never in a position where I'm like, oh, I have nothing to take photos of. If I can walk outside, I'll find I'll find a story. I'll find something to take photos of. I'll find something that's going to push me creatively. Um, and that, to me, it's all happening. There's a lot of things going on. There's never, there should never be an opportunity. or There should never be a time where I'm like, I feel like I'm in a stalemate. I should always be pushing myself. I should always be wanting to make the next best photograph. Mm-hmm. Really well said. I think that quote fits perfectly with your story. What encompasses what you're looking to do out here, uh, making a difference in your community, and also inspiring us on, on today's episode and even outside the podcast. Uh, speaking of outside the pod, Chad, last but not least, if our listeners have questions, comments, want to get in touch with you, want to follow you, want to like actually get to see some of the visuals that you've creatively designed and uh, you know took us to whatever levels that we're at, um, how can they do so? Uh, they can see my work on uh, Instagram at Cushing Creations, C-U-S-H-I-N-G. Um, and that's where I would post all my personal work. Um, you can also see my work on the University of Daily Kansan um, social media pages and website. That's uh, kansan.com. And then if someone would like to reach out personally, uh, my email is chadcushing at ku.edu. Wonderful. We'll put where to find Chad uh, in today's show notes. As always, uh, thanks again for tuning today's episode. A big thank you to Chad for being on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I had a great time. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Grind this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we are at Daily Grind Pod. Please also remember to visit our website, www.kjfwi.org, and shop our merch. Until next time, my name is Kelly Johnson. Have a great day. This episode was produced by the Kelly Johnson Foundation with music composed by Connor Christian. 